0: I'm Preeti Tripper. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast.
1: She found it hard to think that there had been a time when she had been eager to have an adventure, to do something dangerous and exciting like the people in stories. Now, she thought, the exciting part was what you remembered when you looked back, and the stories left out a good deal of unpleasantness. Well, (laughs)
0: sorry. That's the realist. (laughs) I was going to say, Robert Jordan, not going to leave out the unpleasantness, turns out. (laughs) That's a Gwina from page 551
1: in The Great Hunt, which is, this has, this, we're on a journey right now, can I just say? (laughs) We, we
0: really are. We are. So we're rereading the books in advance of the TV show adaptation's release. We're talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite, and there are going to be a lots of not-so-favorite moments today, uh, and digging into all things Wheel of Time. Um, but first, I guess before we dig into these eight chapters, uh, which are chapters 35 to 42, um, let's talk about the pre-discussion notes, which I did not prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's give a little context. Breezy
1: just wrote a book in two weeks, basically. <laughs> My brain's <laughs> a little I, fried. <laughs> yeah, her brain's a little fried, and I'm working from vacation, which is like the weirdest flex of ever to say. But it just means that there's I'm sharing a house with six people and recording in a corner, and I cannot. Everybody is under
0: orders to be quiet, but we'll see what actually happens. We'll see, happens. and and we'll see. You're you're in a house with six people that is in your pod.
1: Yes, in my pod. That's yes. right. It is a and half of them have been vaccinated, which is so exciting! Yay! Uh, yay! So we're making progress, slowly but surely. But yes, it is an extremely cautious pandemic-safe vacation. Uh, but also, it's yeah, it's a whole. It's a whole. I'm very distracted today. Yes, I, I
0: just it's, don't yeah. even know. Everything is a lot. I literally turned yeah. my book in at like midnight last night. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote. Sixty five thousand words in two weeks, <laughs> and- which is why.
1: Side note: This episode is late. Yes, so sorry thank you all for understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was under deadlines too for our anthology, Swordstone Table. All kinds of things were happening with that. So, but we're here. <laughs> But we're here. We're here now to talk about things. Let's talk about Moiraine, because that's nice. I feel like a lot of this show is going to be us complaining about things, but we'll start off with something nice, (laughs) which is that uh, the Wheel of Time on Prime on March 17th posted a little teaser of Rosamund Pike as Moiraine and like there's a video and there's like things air things flying around her face and her eyes pop open and then there's an over a voiceover that says do not underestimate the women in this tower Ooh. I know it's very intense and so I think it's important for to have the context of the Rafe Judkins Q&A which I uh, am also leaving a link to in the show notes because I was like well I guess this moment happens when she's in the tower, right? But, like, you can't see anything of the background. It's Mm -hmm. just dark. But then they said in the Q&A that they added that voiceover specifically for the teaser, so it's actually not going to be in the show that way.
0: Interesting. Like, I, my gut, and I don't know anything, my gut is... (laughs) 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 Sorry, it's just... The the delivery really makes it... (laughs) oh this is gonna be a loopy episode um my my gut is telling me that the way the book references things that we don't really know and and works so well in prose and works so well when you're dealing with your imagination might not translate well to screen so they might have to give us more like um I don't know Uh, context up front for people who have not Mm -hmm. read the books or for you know what what have you and so I'm wondering if we'll get like flashback scenes of the tower prior to us getting there or like because they have to give Moiraine I feel like if they want to build Moiraine into a more compelling character earlier on because you you can't necessarily rely on a television viewer to invest beyond a single episode these days um in the way that you can like okay I'm I'm reading this book and part of that is learning this character as the prose goes on like so I'm wondering if we're just going to get more context of her through flashbacks and so we're going to get her in the tower earlier on because now we are almost done with the second book and we haven't seen Moiraine in the tower yet
1: yeah you're right you're right and we still haven't technically speaking right that's what I mean uh, yeah. So it's really interesting, uh, regardless, because she, Rosamund Pike looks great. I mean, unsurprisingly. And I think my favorite part of this little 10 question Q&A that uh, Judkins did about it is that somebody asked about the ageless Aes Sedai face. And of Judkins responded that uh, they're not going to like CGI out any Ooh, wrinkles good. or anything um, because they just don't think it's a good use of money. So don't expect to see CGI faces for all the eyes to die. And I am a super big fan of that. Like Agreed. I am totally fine with them just looking like people who maybe have like more poise than most. Which actresses already do look yes. angelic
0: in a lot. Like, compared to the rest of us mortals, you know. So. I mean, even <laughs> Roseanne Pike. I could not tell you how old she is. Exactly. Exactly. Like exactly. I, I know I've been watching her since two thousand five with Pride and Prejudice, right. but I couldn't put an age on her. If you gave me money, like I have no idea. Right. Yeah,
1: so I, I'm really delighted to hear that they're not gonna do that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's really nice. And also, like, how distracting would that be? Of like, oh, I know I that's know. not what you look like. Like, even when they, when like when they do it in the Marvel movies to like de-age somebody, I it's know. so distracting. Like. Uh-huh. Well,
1: yeah, or I'm thinking of this scene at the end of um, oh, what was the Star Wars one when they CGI'd uh, Admiral Tarkin? And oh yeah, Earth in Princess Rogue Leia. One. In Rogue One, it was so disturbing.
0: It's a little like it's the balance is very we're just not there yet for yeah. like Uncanny Valley style. Like we're just right. just not there yet. It's more uncomfortable. <laughs> I, like, than having
1: flashbacks to Henry Cavill's upper lip in Justice League. <laughs> <example>. <laughs> oh, let us not dive into those waters today (laughs) (laughs) we'll save that for another time all right so that's our pre-discussion
0: note yeah all right let's just kick off this like uh, this I felt like the the tenor of my reading was very up and down where I was like this sucks this is awesome this sucks this is awesome (laughs) yeah accurate right like so we we kick off Chapter 35, and we're in studying Sofu, and I love and hate the way this works out in terms of yeah. like, I love how awkward Loyal is, and I love Loyal so much as a character, but I truly, truly hate this idea of like, men just don't know what they're, like, what's good for them, and women have to fix everything, and blah, 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 and you're just like, this is, stop, Please. I know. Please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the note that I had, so the context for this is that so they're in, yeah, they're in studying Sofu and uh, they, by, by which I mean the the party from Faldara so Rand and Ingtar and Varen and Matt and Loyal and they're trying to get to the Horn and they've gone to the studying because they need a way gate to get to Toman Head which is where they believe Pat and Fane is with the Horn and Matt is like gonna die very soon if they don't get to the Dagger which is with the Horn and... Loyal is acting real shady this whole time and it turns out that he's nervous that they're going to like decide he has to get married because that's a thing in Ogier culture is that the women will like see a young Ogier and be like, hmm... You should marry this person and then it just like happens. And I was like, you know, my notes for this are basically like, it wasn't great when it was men marrying off right. women in like the Middle Ages or whatever, or, you know, which, whatever, whenever it has happened many times over the course of human history. And probably like, still and now. It's not- Exactly. And yeah. And it's not great when it's women marrying off men. Yeah. Like, let's
0: all have consent, shall we? Like, what? It feels very like I'm sure it was like, this is so subversive. We're giving women all the power. And you're like, is, is it though? Is it subversive? <laughs> or is it's it just not. the same problems? It um. is.
1: It's the same problem in a new outfit. And I hate it. Thanks. I hate it.
0: Thanks. So, so, so getting that out of the way, because that was my least favorite part of this whole thing. Yeah. Um. I do, I, it's, It feels very heavy handed to me in terms of like just knowing what we know about fantasy and knowing we know like the thematic kind of um, commonalities between a lot of fantasy stories, which is this notion Mm -hmm. of like you can never go home, right? Right. Like we start off with them walking into the, the setting and there is this like great sense of loss the like immediately when you come into it and and loyal's anxiety and the that we learn about this notion of the longing that happens to um to people who leave uh, the setting for too long or and, and it's all because they wandered and lost their homes and just this idea of like there is no home you can never go home again and we see it with Rand very strongly and we see it threaded throughout the whole thing and this I feel like Jordan was like I'm just gonna put it in the text it is (laughs) it's just now we you cannot deny that this is an (laughs) integral aspect of the reading of this book is that home is no longer a thing like you are like there later on I can't remember what part it's in but we'll get there there's a when they're talking about Rand specifically of this idea of like he has no home Mm-hmm. And he talks about how they for- they're they trying to force him to root in other spaces. And he's refusing to do it. Like it's just so interesting. And I kind of love and like I love it actually. No there is no like other side to that. Like I love how Jordan is like weaving it on like several levels. But also being like I'm going to put this in front of your face. Like period. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I agree. I-, I have no comment other than that. I agree. I. I'm. I, this chapter actually did make me super anxious because Ingtar is just behaving so, so weird. weirdly. So I weird. I just can't get a handle on what is going on. Oh, and they have this uh, encounter with um, some ideal women. Yes. Right? So there's there. it turns out there are a few ideal women in the setting who came to like commission tree sung things from the ogier because that's a thing that happens. And they're maidens of the spear and everybody like almost starts to kill each other, basically. Which is hilarious.
0: Whoa, wait, wait, wait. It's hilarious because like Rand and Inktar and Perrin and blah, blah, blah. And Matt's like, "Uh uh-uh. <laughs> Which I love because I want to be like Matt. Matt spends the whole time being like they're women. I'm not hurting women. I'm gonna like run away before I shoot a woman. Yeah. And I'm like thinking back to the dark friend who tried to attack him <laughs> and ran. And I'm like, is this you? This right. is this you? <laughs> right, right. I do love it though because to me it says that he's trying so hard to like not succumb to the darkness within or whatever. But he kind yeah. of goes too far the other way. Yeah um that never
1: quite gets it right there is a great
0: line from rand though where rand is like noticing what matt's doing and he's like he stopped worrying about not hurting them and began to worry and began worrying about how to stop them from hurting him <laughs> oh, i love it
1: <laughs> like they're gonna kick your butt it's gonna happen like sorry uh, and so, but then, you know, the Ogier intervene and everybody puts away their spears and swords and whatnot. And, well, they
0: reference the pact, uh, right? Yeah. With capital P, pact. pact. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, the, the idea is that basically, like, if you're in a setting, no violence is allowed mm-hmm. of any kind. Like yeah. and you, I love that moment actually, where Huron, here, who is the sniffer in the party, right there, like arriving at the setting, and he's like, Oh my god, smell the air! It's, amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's so clean, no one has ever been murdered here. Nobody
1: has ever been murdered here. Like, he's so excited to be there. It's such, <laughs> like, a, such a sweet likes. moment. <laughs> So yeah. So so now we've met some Maidens of the Spear, which is the first time we've met them. Mm-hmm. And so we know a little bit more about that Aiel. And Varen is like wanting to grill them but doesn't have time because they need to get this permission to use the waygate.
0: And Yeah. Uh... And so that that I did love that little interaction because you have the moment of like, "Oh, I thought nothing could stop them once they'd put their veils on from killing people." And we right. get to watch them. We we basically get to watch per, them perform what is considered an anomaly the first time we meet them, right? Like, yeah. I just I think it's really interesting. And it comes back to this notion of, like, what you've heard versus what is true, which is a running theme.
1: I was just going to say, it goes right back to this idea that, like,
0: not all the things that you learned growing up in the two rivers are real. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is from someone from Shinar who says it. Which is yeah, like valid. Right. So like this is a city, right? It's a it's a city yeah. that's close to the the blight, but it's a city, and, and same thing, the same issue. Um, yeah, it's really nice to watch those themes kind of maintain integrity throughout. Like he doesn't contradict yeah. himself in in the mm-hmm. story, which is nice.
1: Yeah, super nice. So then I think that's everything from thirty five, right? No, nope. uh,
0: <laughs> no. What well, else do you want to talk about? <laughs> I like that we still get to see like I, I feel like we bring it up but I like to recognize when he's so good at balancing the stress of like this place and what it's doing to the body and all of that but then kind of bring it back to like these are just three friends right? When Matt hmm. ends telling Rand about meeting the other aisle person and, and like Perrin keeps has to interrupt to like stop him from embellishing too much perhaps. Right. Um and there are just these moments throughout that I really enjoyed even with the like stress of what happens in these chapters. But then yes, that's, that's it for 35.
1: Okay, okay, so <laughs> then 36, no, it's good, it's true, it's good. Uh, so 36 is there trying to get in front of the elders and, uh, and they have this whole meeting about the ways because the ogre like they're not safe. Like we know they're not safe. You can't go in there. And they're like, uh, we've already been kind of, we we know what the
0: mansion shin is. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And we just like need to get around it. It was at this other gate, but like, if we go through this gate, it probably
0: won't be there. And they're just like, um, are you very sure you want to do this? I know. But you have also this like subplot of Loyal is still going and I love like Rand and Matt and Perrin are like no 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 we'll make sure you're, you're gonna stay with us like I do love Rand's like sheer like devotion and loyalty to Loyal is really nice like when they get there and Rand's like Loyal can stay outside right. <laughs> like Loyal doesn't you guys don't need him you only need us right like Loyal can <laughs> stay outside and Loyal's like I'll read that's it I'll read <laughs> it's like that's me but
1: (laughs) and then they get into the meeting and they're like oh and we need him by the way we absolutely 100%
0: like loyal has to come yeah like all three of them stand up and they're like yes we really need him like it's just this lovely like like young guys like standing up for their friend (laughs) awkwardly because they also are like but like you're pretty scary but also like I know I need
1: to say this (laughs) right that's great and we get another discussion of taverin uh you know the the ogier elder alar asks them if they've drawn loyal into the web that the pattern Mm -hmm. weaves around them which i loved i love that
0: line they do show us somebody uh an ogier who has been impacted by the mansion shen um as sort of like this interesting fear tactic when I like obviously these are supposed to summon the Ents as we've said before like we know that these are supposed to summon this notion of like people who deliberate and take a long time to make decisions um, but this felt a little like oh you think you know the mansion Shin like we're going to show right. you what what it does to a person like here's some like shock therapy for you and they bring out yeah. this ogre who used to be a tree singer and and has nothing inside of him which is actually like a really kind of terrifying moment when Baron puts her hands on him and she's like, he is empty, this body lives, but there's nothing inside of it, nothing. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. Terrifying. But like, we're already afraid of the mansion (laughs) shit.
1: And now we're more afraid. Thanks very much. <laughs> and then we get this great moment, speaking of boys being boys together, we get this great moment, so they get permission to use the way gate, and they're leaving the Elder's Hall or whatever, and they collect Loyal, and he's like, how'd it go? And in the meantime, this young Ogier woman, Aerith, has given him a flower, Aerith. and told him he was handsome, and Matt is like, you're not handsome, I'm I'm handsome, like Marissa Aiellen thinks I'm handsome, and <laughs> and Loyal asks if Marissa's pretty... And parents like, she's got a face like a goat. Like, they're just <laughs> teasing each other.
0: It's cute. It's very it's cute. Really it's cute. like, it's so nice where you're just like, oh, you guys are babies.
1: no. They're little cinnamon roll babies. I mean, they're not cinnamon rolls anymore. They've already, like, gone beyond cinnamon roll hood. But in this moment. There are moments of cinnamon rollness
0: still. That's right. That's right. And so they leave the studying to go to the way well, gate. No- right. right. Yeah, they yeah, leave the it's setting. It's just on the outskirts. Yeah. Just, but they, I, then the, the like sense of something lost is removed, but then it's bringing back this, the the sense of Satan to Rand at least. Like i I'm, right. I kind of wish, like I can't remember now, although it, that was a kind of a defunct um, setting that Perrin and Egwene and, um, Elias, Elias went into. I was like, Elliot is not correct. What is his name? <laughs> Close though. <laughs> Elliot um, went into. But I wanted to see what the sense of loss is like, or what that sense is like when you're not, when you don't have the power, right? Yeah. And walk into a setting and this like wonderful, like cl- like beautiful land, but you are there's something gone, um, mm. or is that only for people who have access to something? So- supernatural
1: yeah if I recall correctly because I can't remember I guess yeah I think I remember Perrin and Egwene going in and obviously Egwene would have felt the loss of the one power mm-hmm. when she went in and I think I think the wolves could go in and out so I don't recall Perrin having like big feelings
0: yeah about me being neither. In the yeah I should have looked so, it up but I didn't well here we are <laughs> So the, anyway, the, um there's this also running this running thread of conversation where Rand is 100% certain that Fane has gone to Toman head, which we know he's right. And yeah. um Ingtar doesn't necessarily believe it and is like I have to like like you said there is this strangeness to Inktar that we can't put our fingers on it. I genuinely like cannot remember how mm-hmm. it goes, so like I don't know what it is. I just know that there is a marked difference of the Inkard before they went to that party, and the Ingtar after they went to that party, and like I don't yep. know, the what or or the why of it, but it is like very unsettling to read what this man is like now versus who he was before.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then they open the gate, and Makenshin is there again, which everybody's like,
0: that shouldn't be true. Like, the, why is that happening? Hell? That's
1: not normal.
0: Like, is it following us? Because that's super weird.
1: Yeah. And so then they're like, well, shit, how now, like, we, I you know, they're like, maybe we can go to this other way gate. And Baron is like, I think whatever way gate we go to, is it's going to be there. We need, we just need a different way. And then, of course, Kieran is like, well, I know. A I way. know.
0: <laughs> and I know that this is like a, I feel like if this was, in I can I can see a conversation happening between like the editor and the author here where they're like is this too convenient like yeah. is this like is this like too on the nose that you set it up yeah. like maybe too cleanly but I don't even care because it results in what I think is one of the strongest parts of the like the eight chapters that we read today
1: yeah yeah so and and Rand is like shut up here and like there, no don't but it's too late uh no don't, so. don't. <laughs> So he gets talked into, like, finding the portal stone. And Varen like, fronts, like, she knows how to use it because Varen knows that, you know, Rant what's going on. With Rand. It. So she's covering for him. And the ogre are like, okay, like, whatever, people. <laughs> I know, I love this the ogre kind so of being like, ready.
0: <laughs> like, we know that we're going to be involved in this because we have to be involved in this. Yeah. But could you I... just not for a while? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny when they're like. Look, we get the news. We know, right. we know what's happening. We know that we can't yeah. like stay isolated from it.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> they are they're so like pre-over it and sort of resign. It's hilarious. To it is. It is. It's pretty it's pretty
0: great. But I do so I love that like Varen and Rand kind of have to have this secret conversation because you know Rand kind of can see what Varen is up to and I love Rand being like but I don't know anything (laughs) as as earlier I was in the same boat I can relate to this but then Varen kind of going through and she has this line that's well no use in worrying over what I don't I don't know I do know some things (laughs) And I was like this is gonna be such a disaster yeah. And look, it was. And then the it reason, was.
1: Right. I think that it's important to note that the whole reason they're doing this is because Matt has limited time. Mm-hmm. And it will take them way too long to go, like, the normal way from where they are to Tomanhead. Like, they're just, they just don't feel like they have enough time.
0: Yeah. And we are getting to see kind of this, like, very fast degradation of Matt's physical appearance as it goes on. Like, he gets more and more sallow. He gets more and more, like, sunken-eyed and all these things. Um, There's a great line later on where they're like, his voice sounds healthy, but it's all the more terrifying because he looks so sick and so physically, like, unfit, you know? Um, But this moment is is great when they're talking about the portal stones and what they do because it's almost, like, very science fiction-y. Yeah. Like versus like kind of the the high fantasy and, and the mm-hmm. kind of American fantasy that is. It, it's this whole description where she says, I don't know what any of these worlds is like. Um, worlds are like weird. <laughs> it, it is believed there are worlds where a year is only a day and others where a day is a year. There are supposed to be worlds where the heavy air would kill us at a breath and worlds that barely have enough reality to hold together. And that, to me, sounds so science fiction-y, right? Like, in terms of, like, gravity and science and density of air or whatever it is. And I just thought it was a really interesting way to pull in, like, kind of another genre into the fantasy world.
1: Yeah. I love to see a multiverse in a fantasy setting. It's Mm -hmm. so much fun. Which is basically what happens, right? So Rand starts using the portal stone. Oh, it's so good. And they all experience
0: all of these alternate possible lives which okay so this got me thinking because clearly this is meant to evoke what ha- what nanae went through in the um oh yeah in the arcs right like we get I to didn't see- think about that oh really like that's where my mind went immediately of like all right well nanae experienced this very similar thing going through those um terangriel uh yeah. whatever you want to call them um gateways I, d- I don't remember what the word is but it got me thinking of, of like the way she experienced it and the way we see it through rand's eyes which is very much the prose is rand is doing this right the prose mm-hmm. is like rand is married to Egwene, like and i will say or he
1: dies in that original trollic attack or, you know, there's just yeah. a bunch of different possibilities. There's a bunch of different lives.
0: possibilities in every single one. And like the first, t- the first section where he dies in the trollic attack and it ends with, I have one again, lose Theron and flickers and it goes to another one. And we're kind of hearing what's going on in between with this like long drawn out sentence of what Varen is saying. But I kind of had this moment, I'll get back to this like Nenev question in a second. But I had this moment where I was like, I really miss Balsamon as a villain. <laughs> like I do cuz it it immediately like brought me back to those stakes in a way that I was like irritated with these other villains that they're bringing up with the Sanshan and the like um Pat, Pat and Fane and 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 whatever. Um, and it it got me in this moment of like I miss the stakes of the like kind of wonderfully horrifying evil of Balzamon that I can relish versus the horrifying evil of the like Shan, which just make me mad.
1: Do you know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because, you know, we talk about this with the white cloaks too and the Shanshan and then yeah, Fein. I think Pat and Fane's a little more cut and dry, but like the white cloaks and the Shanshan make me feel dirty. Yes. Is, is the best way I can think yes. to describe it. Whereas you know, Baalzamun it's it's so cut and dry, it's so clean. Like yes. he is the embodiment of evil. There's no rationalizing what they're doing. There's no I mean it's just it's just the forces of evil, which is like very simple. And then you have these like weird, gross, human sort of influenced variations on evil that are so much more icky there, <laughs> because there. they're They feel realer. Yeah,
0: they're humanly rationalizing their own actions. Like, not that we are rationalizing their actions, but that they, as humanity, as, like, disgusting, gross humanity in the most imperialistic and colonial way are making decisions that I think because we live in the real world and see the ramifications of the real imperialism and the real colonialism to this day – how it's impacted people it's so much harder to sit through because you're like this isn't just like a cartoon villain like this is a real villain
1: right which I think is a very deliberate choice right like we've talked about this before I think this is absolutely deliberate on the part of Robert Jordan. and there's a part of me that's like the inner like you know writing sort of reviewer that's like yep that's like that's that's smart like that's it it evokes so much more complexity for the characters for the story you know you can do more with it in a more interesting way I think than Mm -hmm. just a cartoon I mean it's like the problem with the Lord of the Rings right It's so oversimplified like that's just not it's never that cut and dry in real life but if what you're looking
0: for is escapism this is not is satisfying in that way and from the other side of it is like it actually is kind of cut and dry from the from the vantage point of the oppressed right that's right. like from the vantage point of the oppressed it is cut and dry that's fucked up and wrong period like they are they are evil but it is presented in such a way because it's allegorical not Mm -hmm. that they are not evil but that they are representing evil that still exists in an allegorical way and that's what makes it difficult, right? Yeah, I am like, 100%. Yep. It's so, it's hard to stomach. And so because when, go ahead. Yeah,
1: it's hard to do in a way that doesn't make excuses for the people caught up in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't want these people to be humanized because I don't need to know the why of it when the people they've hurt are still hurting. And that's- right that's hard to sit through um and so I was very happy <laughs> for Balsamon to show back up, like, yes. quite honestly because I was like creepy great. dude with a fire face He's awesome back. awesome <laughs> but back to my question about Nineveh and yeah. and kind of this this what she and Rand and clearly everyone are going through in these other worlds is The thought that occurred to me because of the way Varen describes it as they are real other worlds. They are real other things that are happening at the same time, right? Which is, I'm also listening to um, uh, the first book in the His Dark Materials series right now. Like Mm. kind of on and off throughout the day and which is very much about like alternate worlds and all these things. But here I was like, are they literally, because we are experiencing it and Rand is experiencing it and Neneve, as we know her, as our character mm-hmm. is experiences it, are they supplanting the consciousness of a Rand that exists in another world in that moment? Like, do they experience it as Rand and then has it become Rand as the character we know's experience? Because I think with Neneve, yes. I know yeah. this, this this question got very heady, but it, it popped into my head while I was reading. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so the way that it's written, like let's look at page
1: 528, for example, Okay. is that it's like you said, like, you know, Rand is doing it. So the first line of this little section here is Rand was happy after he married again right. and tried not to let the moods take him. So like the, it's to me, it's that Rand is inhabiting fully that other self without consciousness that he's inhabiting it, which is what Nynaeve has as she's going through the gates, is that she, like, she doesn't even know the context. Like, she has to ask Lan all these questions, Mm -hmm. right? She's like, we have kids? What? Like, we're married? So she, yeah, I think in that case, she has, she is visiting this other timeline and and inhabiting it as herself. Whereas in these
0: situations, uh, they are living it
1: as if, they were that other self. So
0: in that case, is it about, one, the avenue through which they do it, the portal stone versus the terangriel and two, mm. the intent behind it? Yeah. Because it yeah. was intentional versus here where it was accidental.
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting question. And I don't think, you know, I certainly we don't get any answers in the immediate. Nope. Um, <laughs> they just, like, it happens, and they all sort of you know stumble out of this they like appear in at the other portal stone they go directly to Toman head which was not the plan
0: well yeah they they end up there but like four months late but i do i love this this thing that and i couldn't remember who needed to pick the quote today um, (laughs) for starting so i had underlined this just in case it was me but it was um rand kind of falls out and is like Varen reacts very strongly. It's like, you have to learn how to control this. And he's like, I mm-hmm. lived, I I was, I lived and died I don't know how many times, which lends itself to this notion of like he was subconsciously inhabiting all these mm-hmm. other rands. And Varen says, the lines that join the worlds that might be laid by those who knew the numbers of chaos. It's like such a good line. It is. Oh. Oh. Because it, it, it is like every single choice we make sets off a different version of ourselves to continue on yeah um, which makes your head hurt if you think about it yeah. too hard <laughs> but it it is it is so wonderfully like chaotic and terrifying and like yeah. those are the levels of like terror I want to feel when yeah. I'm reading these books right but then
1: right. They- and I love I love, too, though, that everybody in the party experiences Yeah, like, I was just going to say that. We're seeing it from Rand's perspective, but, like, Varen makes it clear that she's experienced it. Other people are the same. Like, they say things that make it clear that they have experienced other versions of their lives and are super freaked out by it. And it's interesting, too, to think back to Nynaeve, like, Nynaeve is the only one in those situations, right? She's the one with the power. She's the Mm -hmm. one who can use the Terra And so she's experiencing it. But, like, whatever way the portal stones work is different in Mm -hmm. that, like, you don't have to have the one power
0: to experience this, which is really interesting, too. It is. And you have also it tells us so much about the characters, right? Because you have Matt whose reaction is like, I would never tell anyone about you. I wouldn't betray you. You have to believe that, which like broke my heart. Like he wants so, like he wants so badly to be like, I, as much as I am uncomfortable, as much as I joke, like I would never betray you. And then Perrin who says, we don't really have any choices. And you're just, it's like these two sides of Matt being like, if I made this choice here, I would na- I would never make it here, right? If I made it there, right. I would never make it here. And parents saying, "The choice is there is just one choice. There is not. It is an illusion, right?" And you're just like, right. <laughs> both sides, <laughs> both sides are so bleak.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And they've lost time. Like the whole point of using yeah. this was to like gain time, but in fact, they've lost like months. But I guess in this case, it's like not as bad for Matt's health because. They only experienced it right. as a very, like a, a moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest of the world has moved on sort of without them. Right. But it is an interesting thing because this messes with the linear timeline of the chapters that follow. Because then the next chapter, we are, right, we're back to Tarvalin and Egwene and Elaine are having their lessons. Oh, but and I kind of just I under-
0: assume, I assume they just, we move forward in time and that were like 4 months past when we saw them last.
1: Well, what I think happens, and I don't know, I don't have any evidence, but <laughs> just my theory is that Egwene's, this chapter uh, chapter 38 with Egwene um, sitting in Tarval and, and like having these conversations, my guess is this is actually closer to when Rand and them and the and the party left the Ogier studying than it is to when they arrived in Tomenhead, and that what happens with Egwene and Elaine and Nynaeve happens in that time period. Oh, and then in between, and then it all joins back up again in as fall. we get into
0: later chapters. I yeah, see. Yeah, like it, it comes all back right. Together. Yeah, I could, I could buy that. I could buy that. Yeah.
1: And this chapter, can I just say, <sighs> I have so many things <laughs> to say about this. Chapter. So, so they're in Tarvalen, and they're having lessons and whatever. They're making friends with each other. They're, they're, they're. You know, talking about the news, and especially, uh, you know, there's these descriptions of Igween like, you know, thinking about practicing and using the One Power, and the language is so much so. I think very deliberately and obviously, the language of addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And. As somebody whose like life and family and friends have been impacted by addiction, I feel a little weird about it, and I wonder how much Robert Jordan thought about it when he was doing it.
0: I mean, I think it comes back to the same conversation that we're having about allegory, right, and yeah. how to use it and how to use itably. It right, How to use it responsibly without making it feel trite. Yeah, because I think the what's hard about this is that we're never we it's like it it doesn't necessarily recognize nuance. Yeah, it's just like I can well, feel the pull of it nuance, a little but, nuance, but like yeah. not not what again, we've like kind of fast forwarded past what the addiction around like the, the conversation around addiction was when these books were coming out versus what the conversation around addiction I shouldn't say is because it's not, but we would like it to be. Yeah. Right? Which is it's it's an illness. It is something to be, you know, it's it's not I don't know, there's like a personal responsibility to it here that is uncomfortable.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. right, exactly. And there's uh there are there are genetic components mm-hmm. to addiction and then there are literal physiological right like components to it. So yes, it's not it's not so much about, it's not about willpower. Recovering from it exactly. is not about willpower in a lot of ways. I mean, you have to make a choice to get better, but the ways that you get better have to work. It's not just like you can decide, like you, right. there's so much work that has to be done with your physiology and like the way that your brain works. It's like how we know that like anxiety and depression are chemical, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so exactly. So like this whole depiction of a queen being like, I have to exercise my willpower because if I don't, right. you know, I'll overuse the one power and like bad things will happen to me. But oh, uh, it's so good when I use it. It's just like that. Oh. You're right. That's that is the pinpointing of it. It's just it's sort of it is a very 1991, which was when this book was written. Right. Conversation about addiction. Yeah. So that's thank you for for helping me pinpoint that. That's exactly what it is.
0: Breakthroughs on Tarval and her bust. <laughs>
1: Lord. So okay so we have that and then we have fucking leandrin ugh,
0: i'm so like i just i just hate her so much like oh <laughs> and this is like i didn't again like i did not remember how the storyline went and i was like oh right. like i was like oh maybe it's like this thing where we're seeing that like you can't make assumptions based on how someone acts, even if they act shady as hell. Like you can't make assumptions about that. Like I don't remember who is what and like Right. Ugh, so it's furious. The worst. It gets she, so like, much worse. Yeah, ugh. she
1: barges into the room and is like. Uh, well, do we before we want...
0: hold on, hold on. Before we get to Leandrin, oh, yeah. do we want to okay. because this is our kind of first uh like bringing back of like Ninave and Min and Elaine and Egwene together, which I do really very much love this like girl group. Yeah. I gotta say like I love the dynamics. Totally. I, I I enjoy their interactions with one another because they do feel like such drastically different people, all four of them, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to see kind of like the Egwene and Ninave know the secret about Rand and like they, but they still feel very close mm-hmm. to Min and Um, Elaine and you know Min sets us up for everything by being like I don't read for my friends but oh there's something new (laughs) Uh, you're all in danger Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) thanks Min Um, and that's kind of what (laughs) other than this conversation around like boys and like kind of like cute like you guys are just being cute girls right like just like whatever Um, other than that it kind of is what sets up this thing when Liandrin rushes in and tells them, which I have, a, I have thoughts about this, of this like don't trust anybody, but tomorrow mm-hmm. we're going to leave to go to Toman Head because Rand is in trouble and he needs your help to fix it and there the Black Aja exists. Right? And
1: and this, she's just talking initially to Egwene and yeah. uh, They They've all been in the room, but she has sent... Elaine and Min out of the room and she's only talking to Egwene and Nynaeve and she's like yeah we're gonna go to Toman Head to like help save your friend if you want to help save your friend you can't tell anyone Mm -hmm. that I told you this you have to meet me in secret like blah 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 and then of course Elaine and Min have been listening through the door (laughs) and are like we're coming too and I just my note for this is like yes let's
0: all run off into peril why not it's fine like well it's funny because like Egwene it's you know, Egwene and Ninave, It's like your your quote at the top said. Like, yeah. Egwene and Ninave understand what it means now, what adventure means now. Elaine does not. Yeah. Right. And Min, I think, comes around, comes along like kind of purely out of necessity, like just not yeah. just like narrative necessity, which is very clear, but yeah. also as a yeah. character necessity because her only tie to Tar Valon is Moiraine, and now mm-hmm. Ninave, Egwene, and Elaine. Without right. them. She's like, what am I even doing here?
1: Right. Alayda's just going to poke her constantly, and she doesn't – she has no reason to be there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole part where they're, like, sneaking out, and it's, you know, it's very fun. Oh, wait, wait. I just I, – now it's my turn. Yay! I want to go back to the last
1: lines of Chapter 38 because oh, yes. it's Egwene thinking about Rand, and she says – hold on, you wool-headed idiot. I'll
0: help you somehow. I, and I'm just like, you are the best. I love it going so best. much, which makes... Oh, it just makes what yeah. happen. It's just so hard to read. But okay, we'll, we'll get there. So they, like, sneak out of Tarval and they make it out without being caught. Like, there's some, like, business with the, like, um, horses or whatever. And they meet Leandrin, yeah. who is like, okay, fine, there's four of you now. Which is, like, kind of the first clue that you're like yeah and then I do I have this note <laughs> it's time for my like garbage notes <laughs> when they decide to use the Waygate. gate it made me laugh because I thought of like how everyone was like oh my god no one ever uses the Waygates in the yeah. first book like you never use it. and now they're like trying to use them left and right and it made me Everybody's think using
1: the way of gates. the
0: daylight rings and vampire diaries <laughs> how like in the first season they're like Damon and Stefan are the only ones who are allowed to have daylight rings because they're so hard to get and then by the like <laughs> originals it's like every freaking vampire in the world has a daylight ring <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me laugh really hard That's so true <laughs> like well, anyone yeah, every- can
1: use them <laughs> Right. And of note, I think, is the fact that, like, Leandrin doesn't even seem to be worried about Makshin no, Shin. Not like, at all. And it's not there waiting for them. Like, hmm, interesting. Like, very weird. Um,
0: yeah. And so it's, <laughs> it's, like, very weird, like, where Leandrin is just kind of like, come on, come on, come on, we're going. But she's not, like, being with the girl. She's, like, holding herself apart. She's got her own stuff going on. And then we get to Tome on Head and enter into my least favorite plot point in the series which I actually like didn't remember happened in this book like for some reason I no, was like that either. must happen in like book seven I
1: nope. I was gonna say that was one of my notes I was like if you had asked me to like before we started this to pick which book I thought this plot point happened in
0: I would have been like five probably five right right it's five. like no it's, check it it's book, book two, two. And so, basically what happens is Leandrin has betrayed them. She's talking to one of the Senshan about how they serve the same master, which I think is to implicate that she's actually Black Aja, although it is not confirmed, like, 100%. I think she's Black Aja at this point. I mean, the book wants us to think that. Right, the book wants us to think that, even though it does not give us a, like, 100% on-page confirmation. Uh, The book wants us to think she's Black Aja. And so... She gives, she's there to give Egwene and Neneve to the Senchan to take them away from this land across the sea so that they cannot help Rand, essentially. Right. Neneve, I'm like kind of rushing through this because I hate it so much. So no, I no. kind of like yeah. didn't, I didn't close read this part. I was just like, I can't. Um, Neneve and Elaine get away. Yeah. Egwene gets the collar snapped around her neck uh, and Min gets caught. Okay. And it's it's so difficult to read it's just so yeah. intensely difficult to read
1: yeah so the Shanshin have this whole system of enslavement based on having the power so they test women and girls for it and if you have it you are chained to somebody who holds the other end of a literal leash and controls your ability to access and use the power And, like, you get your name taken away. I mean, it's all so clearly based on chattel slavery with the, you know, twist, quote-unquote, heavy sarcasm, that it's about the power and not about race. Uh, (laughs)
0: Oh. That's how I feel about that.
1: I was thinking about it. I was like, you know... Surely there are other ways to make whatever the hell point it is that he's trying to make. Like, what point is he trying to make
0: here? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's being used as a plot point in a way that, like, yes, imperialism is bad. Colonialism is bad. Enslavement is bad. These people are terrible. Right. Do we need to see it through the lens of, like, a fantasy story with Egwene?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. It's really, and, like, the the tactics that her handler slash, you know, enslaver uses on her are, like, just classic dehumanization. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really, it's really, it is, it's really hard to read. Um, And I think that's deliberate. Like, I think he's very deliberately being like, this
0: is capital B bad. Yes. It's just, it's, 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 it's like, it's literally, like, nauseating. Yeah. But there is... In terms of character and in terms yeah. of narrative o- outside yeah. of my feel- feelings. Like, about yeah.
1: the use of this. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I think the moment that like breaks my heart from a character standpoint is when Egwene says, I have to get away. I have to. But how Nene have helped me like somebody helped me because she's been so self-sufficient and independent and strong yeah. the entire time that it's like, she went from I'll help you get out of this for Rand a chapter mm-hmm. ago to how I need help, someone needs to help me. And you're just like – "It's." I think that's why I assumed it happened in a later book because like yeah. it's such a ho- like a horrible thing to break a character down like this so early on yeah. in their character journey. Yeah. And you're just like – because now I'm like what else happens to her? Like I don't remember. <laughs> and so I'm like how – where does her, her story yeah <laughs> I remember bits and pieces but
1: nothing really conclusive I do like of the parts that were sort of less horrible to read are Nynaeve and Elaine yes. like at the end to... of the chapter
0: when they yeah, meet up get, and
1: like you get you see Nynaeve and Elaine they've escaped and they're like they're they're now
0: sneaking around Toman Head. Well, is that that's the next chapter? No, that's the next chapter. because no. here they yeah. they we just get to see them meet up first and kind of decide right. to go. Um, yes, you're right. And it's a it's a really great moment between the two of them because you get to see kind of Elaine who has been this like strong, like very like I am in control of my own destiny. It's like she's a princess; she's never had yeah. to question her place or her agency. And now she's kind of like fumbling and panicking, and Nave has to be like, "Get your shit together. Right. We have to help our friends." And, I also
1: and, love and, that there's this like, "How much can one banana cost?" Ten dollars? Oh moment. yes. <laughs> because. Eileen is like thinking about dresses. And she's like, she's like, like, can we even afford new dresses? She's like, Eileen, like, I 10 leave, gold pieces. I 10 gold marks. And Nynaeve is like, um, that's like so much
0: money. It's so good. How much How much could a banana cost, Michael? $10? $10. $10. <laughs> uh, R.A.P. <laughs> oh, Jessica Walters. I know. Side note. I'm so sad oh. about that. But thank you for all of the laughs. But I
1: was just going to say, you will be quoted in perpetuity. <laughs> Forever.
0: Okay, so something I was thinking yeah. about what happens to Gwen and Ave and Elaine uh, Min um, and how the Aes Sedai operate. <laughs> it was very much about the fallacy of the, the way the Jedi operating. <laughs> And this notion of, like, who deserves a voice and who doesn't and how it leads to these really fucked up bad situations because they don't allow for any sort of, like, conversation Mm. from people they deem not, quote, ready to have conversation. Yeah. And we're in this mess because of this, like, obsessive commitment to archaic rules
1: Friends, rigid hierarchy, it doesn't work. It's
0: bad news for everyone.
1: <laughs> Could we all just take that on
0: board? Please and thanks. <sighs> all right, so then we get back to Rand and it's pouring rain. And then the I feel like, honestly, basically the like only real interesting thing that happens here is the whole part where he like goes to sleep after they find these towns that the saint have like gutted basically. Um and it's a little weird and it it kinda it reminded me of the moment in earlier where they stumble upon that other abandoned town, but that was because of Dark Friends. And Rand has that weird moment in the house with the flies. Mm -hmm. Um which I was kind of surprised that he doesn't reference in this moment because right? It was like a little I maybe I missed it, but I don't think that there's a specific reference to that. And maybe it's because he's attached it. oh wait, that's not in this book. Is it? No, that is in this book. Yeah, that's in this book because it's after Thing Oh yeah, it's away. after they leave Felder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. So that much doesn't... happens. <laughs> I really feel like we're like four books in even though we're only two books in. Um, <laughs> well, but... they are
1: like 800 <laughs> pages each. So. Like,
0: but the, I still feel like so much happens, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Um So he like they have this conversation and there's again about this like this like uh, fracturing of the party because Ingtar doesn't think Fane would be in Falm and, and Rand is like no he's in Falm and we don't we don't really know where that ends up lying but you know they kind of like Rand kind of ends the conversation after Loyal is like I'll go wherever you go and Matt is kind of like I have to go where I think the dagger is and Hurin is the best possible chance of us finding it like whatever Rand's like okay I'm gonna go to bed because this Mm -hmm. sucks and there's this yay great moment with Balzaman again and I love his like the like nearly nearly healed burns like implying that like no actually you didn't kill him he's still there Um, and it's like Rand being like I'm not gonna serve you and then Balzaman just has such great monologues Like I really enjoy it where he's like the grave is cold and lonely. Save for the worms. The grave is mine. This time there will be no rebirth for you. And just kind of like building and building to this like horrifying thing. Yeah. And so Rand pulls on Satan and he pushes for it. And what I love this moment of like what he thinks of is Matt. And how he has to help his friend Matt. (laughs) like It's just like these tiny little moments to remember that this is not a hero, in the sense of like this like person to put on a pedestal, this is like a human who has very like on the on the ground things that he has to remember and yeah. consider and think of um and so Rand kind of denies him and denies him and denies him, and then it's over, and Balzaman is gone, but as usual, with like Jordan's like wonderful suspense and and you know uh pacing, he says, but on the chair back tendrils of smoke still rose from the charred impressions of fingers. And you're like All
1: Alright, it's my turn to rewind us for one second
0: because there's this
1: little exchange on page 587 where Rand and Baalzaman are talking and Rand is saying I am not the dragon, father of lies. And Baalzaman replies, you honor me and belittle yourself. And this Makes me think that Balzaman means he's not the father of lies like that. There's like two, like there's, there's Balzaman and then there's the bigger bad. I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember either. I'm in. Doesn't that that sort of imply like Balzaman's like, you think I'm something that I'm not. And like, I'm going to take it as a compliment.
0: My take on how Balzaman reacts to that is that he sees the father of lies as a title of pride and and appreciates being referred to as such. And then for Rand he also sees the dragon reborn as a title like that you should Mm. appreciate and take ownership of. And so that's kind of how I read that moment. But I don't hate the idea of (laughs) another big bad because that would be awesome. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I I could be reading too much into it. It's totally possible, but we, we don't know. These books are yeah, we...
0: 5 billion pages long. <laughs> um and so then we get to chapter 42, which is our last chapter of the day, and in kind of like this paralleling to book 1 where everybody was separated and we're just kind of waiting for them to come back together, this is Ninave and Elaine are in Falm and kind of it's it's not that like heavy of a chapter in terms of the first half of it we're just kind of seeing them knowing that they don't know what to do really and they're just trying to like stay fed and stay safe and they've had some like run-ins and so I think I actually think you're right in terms of timeline because we fast forward so much from when they get caught to them being in foam Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know they're clearly trying not to get caught channeling we know that there are eyes to die involved And then the chapter ends uh, with this like, again, very difficult to read portion of Egwene quietly trying to very, very subtly figure out how the collar works through channeling. And kind of giving us an insight through her conversation with Min of the dehumanization process and just how intensely controlled they are by these things. Yeah and then it ends with her person coming back in and being angry and changing her name because Egwene has attempted to channel without asking permission.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's hard. I do appreciate Min being very like we're going to we're going to figure this yes. out. I mean, you know, because even if it is sort of misguided and like not immediately helpful at the very least like Eguine knows that there's somebody
0: out there who cares about
1: her mm-hmm. and is trying to figure out how to help
0: yeah like she reminds herself there are two Aes Sedai there who have who have almost completely been broken down because they cannot get out and there's this like association of the importance of names which is a running theme mm-hmm. in literature of course of how important your own name is to your own humanity and, and being able to like own that which could relate back to Balsamon owning the the Mm. father of lies um but how important you know how many times have we heard Rand say I am Rand Althor yeah like just that memory and that association and that your it is your decision and it is your name like you get to choose and someone else cannot choose for you Mm. um I don't have any recollection of how this book ends no,
1: me neither. I know, I can't believe we're so close to the end and I just, I could not tell you what happens next. No idea. I remember plot points from clearly later in the series, but I don't know how to get there.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I have, I like kind of vaguely remember how Egwene's journey ends, like at the very yes. end. Right. <laughs> in terms of like her, the end of her story, I mean. Um, wherever that happens, but like I don't, remember how anything happens yeah <laughs> like at like, all Like, how do
1: we get from a to you know s i don't no know <laughs> idea
0: so we're gonna find out uh but yeah i guess i guess if you don't have anything else and and i don't have anything else i i guess we're done yeah i mean you know this is this is clearly a weird heart for us to be
1: at so it'll be i'm interested to see how much more uncomfortable we get
0: (laughs) i know i mean we've got the next episode will be the last episode for this book like we only have one more section left in the great hunt and then we move on to i don't remember what the name of the book third but what book book, book three is
1: something fire fires of something sure fires of heaven
0: nope Uh, nope that's not wrong
1: (laughs) I don't know what the hell I'm talking
0: about. I think the third book is called Call Me By Your Name by Lil (laughs) Nasdaqs. (laughs) <laughs> um okay 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 uh so i guess until next time keep an eye out for future episodes every other wednesday unless we have deadlines which we should be okay <laughs> on um next time we will be talking about <laughs> chapters 43 to 50 and that will come out actually on my birthday april 14th <laughs> yeah um and you can find the episodes on uh by searching hashtag on Bust for the conversation around on the episodes on Twitter, um, and then we are on Patreon, and basically anywhere you you get your podcast, you can find Tarvalen or Bus. But please join in on the conversation because we like talking to you about it. Well, uh, clearly we like talking about it. <laughs> we
1: sure do. Uh, speaking of Patreon, big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters: Mimi K, Amanda, Mark D, Heather J, Christina M, Malia H. Keith, Suresh G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Caitlin P, Nicholas E, Michelle S and Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, Cat S, Jericho W, Sabre Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S and Brian D. And if you would like to back us, we're just out here paying our hosting fees, basically. Uh, the the level is a dollar. It's a dollar. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash bust. Uh,
0: although we may have to consider how, you know, uh, not to get too into the nitty gritty of how we do this, but <laughs> the program we both use is soon going to go away. And so we have to start thinking about what we're going to use to record stay tuned for logistics Uh, talk (laughs) we will see um and of course a big thank you to brian dunn fellow wheel of time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast you can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net that's brian with a y and dunn with two n's
1: and if you're enjoying this show and are so inclined, please do leave a review or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It does help other folks to find the show, and we super appreciate it. Uh, in between shows, you can find us on other podcasts and on social media. Prathy, where are
0: you? Uh, I am... On Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram at Run With Skizzers. That's S K I Z Z E R S. And if you are so inclined, I have a book coming out next week. If you have Yay! young, <laughs> I I forgot. Legit, I was like, what is today? <laughs> um, if you have young readers in your life who enjoy superhero stories, uh, Avengers Assembly Number Two: The Sinister Substitute comes out on Tuesday, April sixth. You can buy it anywhere you buy books, um, your local bookstore, bookshop.org, whatever it is. You can go to my website, Um, And yeah, I hope you'll check it out. What about other podcasts? Right? I am on Daisy Geek Girls with Sapna Krishna. We are going to potentially be covering, we just did WandaVision. Um, we're going to be covering Falcon and the Winter Soldier after we watch the third episode to see if we're into it enough, but that is to be determined. But yeah, Desi Geek Girls, D-E-S-I, Geek Girls, anywhere that uh, you listen to podcasts, we're on it. Awesome.
1: Uh, while we're out here talking about books, now is a great time to pre-order Yo. a copy of Swordstone Table, which yeah. is the anthology that Swapna and I edited and that Preethi has an amazing story in. And yeah, it comes out in July, on July 13th, but you can pre-order it now. We're going to do some kind of fun Pre-order swag, so stay tuned for an announcement about that. But again, that is called Swordstone Table. You can find me on Book Riot's podcasts, Get Booked, and SFF, yeah. And I am now on multiple social media places pretty (laughs) regularly. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL. That's Jen with two N's, IRL. Also, side note, the Wheel of Time fandom on Tumblr is
0: amazing so good so
1: good and you can find me on instagram as i am jen i-r-l that's i-a-m-j-e-n-n-i-r-l all right so this episode is not the ending there are neither beginnings nor endings to the wheel of time but it is an ending good day